Arizona Sports is proud to present the Uprising Podcast. Uprising Podcast. Hello and welcome into the Uprising Podcast, a podcast about Phoenix Rising Football Club. I am your host, Jake Anderson. Today, my guest is Phoenix Rising Forward and Jamaica International, Junior Flemings. Earlier this week, Flemo was named to the USL Championship Team of the Week for Week 3, as honorable mention, after he scored his second goal of the 2020 campaign in Saturday's 4-0 win over LA Galaxy 2. So, without further ado, from the team bus on the way to Orange County, here is Phoenix Rising number 7, Junior Flemings. Junior, how you doing, man? How are you? I'm good, man, yeah. I'm doing well. You, uh, you guys already uh, taken off. You're on the bus to uh, OC? Yeah, yeah. I heard you guys have uh, every other road to yourself. Is it pretty spacious in there for you? Pretty spacious. I'm looking at the weather right now. It's going to be uh, 75 degrees at kickoff tomorrow. Compared to uh, Saturday, that's going to be about 30 to 40 degrees cooler. How much are you looking forward to that? I mean, it's definitely going to help us a lot because – can imagine if we can play in that 100 plus degrees weather and then suddenly we had to adjust, you know, to play in what, 20 degrees less, you know what I mean? Like it's big and it's huge for us and we're pretty excited about it. Tell me a little bit about playing on Saturday in that heat. I mean, I've lived here my whole life and I don't think I've ever gotten used to the heat. I've never played a soccer match in that heat. Tell me about that. Uh, I think, to be honest, uh, I'm from, you know, a country where it's been like this, you know what I mean, like hot, like right throughout the year, you know, then I was in New York, when summertime there is really hot, then I went to Florida, you know, and then I came here, so it wasn't anything strange for me, and to be honest, it didn't take me long to adapt, you know, to the situation and stuff, and for me, I always have this motivation that I tell myself, like, if I am tired, can you imagine the player that is defending that is defending me? You know what I mean? And that's basically my motivation game in, game out. Because I know I'm always a little bit uh, a little bit more fitter than a lot than a lot of average guys, you know what I mean? So I always uh use that to my motivation. Well that's uh that's a really good point. Uh, thinking about being in the, the other player's shoes, having to defend you in a one-on-one area. Um, I think a, a question that a lot of uh, Valley natives would like to hear is coming from you know, Jamaica, coming from New York, coming from Tampa, as you just said, there's a lot of humidity in those places during the summers, whereas in Arizona, obviously, it's very dry. And we like to make the joke here, it's a dry heat. Um, would you say it's easier playing in Arizona because it's so dry than in those more humid places? Uh, yeah, Tampa was really, really humid. You know, and especially uh, in the summertime, I remember playing a game there and it was like just 90 degrees, but it was humid. Like, I could feel like we couldn't, like, swallow. You know what I mean? And I can remember that day. And I'm like, it's not really hot. You know, it was just humid and stuff. But, yeah, uh, to be honest, I enjoy playing in the heat over here. Like, it's hot. Yeah, we all get it. But as I said, can you imagine, you know, the other team, you know, the other players who are defending against us. If we train and play games in it and we still have that bit of a struggle, can you imagine them, how they're feeling after just uh, coming a couple of days before and trying to adapt and we've been in it for months? 
Yeah, that's a good point. It's an absolute punishment if you're not used to used to this type of heat and you're going to come in here and try to run for 90 minutes. So on Saturday, you guys you know, played behind closed doors. You did have the fan cutouts and the signs. Um, Two-part question. A, have you ever played behind closed doors in your professional career? And B, what was it like playing in that environment at Casino Arizona Field, which is usually a raucous sellout crowd? Uh, I've never played in a closed door environment before. And uh, to be honest, I think it was just self-motivation. It's like, how can you motivate yourself? How can you uh, tell yourself that, listen, like 15, 20,000 people is watching, you know, it's, it's like the same as if they're here in the uh, presently right now. And, you know, how can you find a motivation? Because you still have to keep yourself at a high standard and try to find that, you know, uh, introspection in terms of how you motivate yourself. How can you motivate a teammate? How can you... Uh, be uh, enjoying what you're doing at the same time and stuff like that. And to be honest, I think the coaches did a great job because we we have played like I think a couple inner sport games and that kind of get us used to the feeling before we actually play a game. So we know what it's gonna be like. You know, we know it's gonna be really quiet. You know, every player gonna be able to hear everyone and stuff like that. But I think we did really really good. Uh, coming from a standpoint where we used to average six, 7,000 fans a game and to come out and put up that performance, you know, on the first day, uh, I think that's huge. Yeah, that was something I noticed talking about hearing you guys on the pitch during the match on Saturday. You can hear everyone perfectly fine. And something I noticed was during John Baccaro's penalty is you were very vocal in cheering him on and, and getting him to to get that ball past the keeper to go up to now. So speaking of the match itself, you guys had a ton of success on the wings, yourself and Solo included. You had a lot of success. Now, having uh, a Rufat, Dadashov, come down a little bit, you know, get the ball at his feet from the midfield and then play it out to you guys. You actually scored uh, the first goal of the match uh, in that exact same play. Can you talk a little bit about the continuity between uh, you, Solo, and Rufat, now that Rufat is replacing Adam John? Uh, yeah, I think it's just a system. And once uh, Rufat got here, you know, he realized uh, that he can score a lot of goals, especially in the system that we play. You know, we play from the wing and try to get crosses in and combine and stuff. And I think he uh, opened up really well and adapt really fast in terms of wanted to do what we want to do in terms of playing attacking football, coming back into the game and, you know, a lot of uh, attacking transition moments and he has been huge for us so far and stuff, you know, holds up the ball really well and then that just gives us an opportunity, me and Solo and the other wingers, an opportunity to, to get in behind that defence to make a cross for him to put it in a goal. You seem to individually as well have a lot of ease almost, it seems like, cutting in on your right and, and being able to dribble and pass and do what you do best. Was that just a, a spell of good form on Saturday or was there something specific that you saw Losco's doing that you exploited? To be honest, I, uh, I think it's more of a, a confident level right now because I'm feeling really good in myself uh, for the past couple 
the past couple of months after coming back from the COVID-19 thing and we started training back together. I felt really good. I was doing, I was doing a lot of work on my own and try to better, you know, like stuff that I was a little weak on and, you know, try to do a lot more research and how can I better my game and positioning and all of that. So I think right now it's just about uh, that confidence level and, you know, just more of me just letting things flow and not try to force things and, and then eventually it will happen. So because of your performance on Saturday, you were named as honorable mention for this team's team of the week. Um, Rich has also been t talking about you recently and, and giving you praise and saying that you are definitely one of the better players on this club. What does it mean to you? What is it? How does it feel to be recognized by both the league and to hear your manager say, you know, such nice things about your play? Uh, to be honest, uh, the coaches, they challenge us a lot day in, day out, you know, of trying to be a better person, you know, not just being a better soccer player, but a better individual. You know, it's more of like a holistic development of what you can achieve outside of soccer and being a role model and all of that. And I think when you mold everything together, you know, that's where you actually look in the form of, you know, where you're becoming a man, you know, becoming more mature. And I think that's really took a toll on my career thus far. You know, it's made a huge impact uh, on my development thus far. Uh, and uh, I think just the coaching staff in general, you know, the challenges on training training days and, you know, and how the challenge us to, to do better, to get better and start a better, get even better at things that we were good at, you know, is, is really, really encouraging. So on that same note, obviously, with everything that's been going on outside of the football world the last few months, um, on Saturday, you guys took the knee um, in support for Black Lives Matter. You kind of walk me through that experience of of taking a knee and just what the emotions you felt in that moment. Uh, yeah. To be honest, uh, my personal belief, I think, is just uh, uh, humanity of a moral of you know understanding that you know we are basically in the twentieth century of you know modern era in terms of uh, everything has changed and. I think we should start, you know, the teaching as such in terms of going forward. And, you know, and I think when you look at it, it's just a minority or just a, a group of people who fail to understand or recognize what the world uh, is basically saying right now or the message that we're all trying to bring across, you know, to say that it doesn't matter, you know, uh, we're all human beings and, you know, we should all be treated equal and all of that. But, yeah, it was something like... Uh, uh, I can say it was really emotional, especially uh, seeing what's going on around the world and see everyone is on board with it and, you know, just have to take it step by step and see what we get from here. So a question that I've been wanting to ask guys like you and, and Kevin Lambert, um, Solo, Ousuansa uh, Kanto, um, you guys didn't grow up your whole childhood in the United States. You came to the United States for your footballing careers. And you specifically, I think, might be the best to ask because you've played in so many different parts of the United States. You've played in New York and you've played in Tampa, like you said. Obviously, now you're here in Phoenix. What has your experience been 
have you trying to think the best way I want to phrase this in terms of racist experiences, have you seen that it's more prevalent in certain parts of the country? Is it more prevalent in the United States than when you're in Jamaica? Um, just kind of take me through that from your, your perspective in your life. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I've never, since I've been in Jamaica as a kid, Growing up, I've never heard of racism until I came to America, which is probably what seven, eight years now. So I've never actually come across, you know, like someone being racist or a racial slur or anything like that, or someone trying to insult someone. Like I've never come across that, and I can't recall of anything like that that I've ever happened in Jamaica, to be honest. And since I've been here, uh, you know. I've seen different people, you know, how to deal with it, you know, have to face it and stuff. And it never actually personally happened to me, you know, but I've seen um, players have to deal with it. And to be honest, it's disappointing and, you know, a lot frustrating because can you imagine, like, you're living in a country, basically, you know, you, you fear, like, you fear to do stuff that you want to do like everyone else. Why can't everyone else have that freedom? Well, you can, you know what I mean? So I think it's just that, you know, that, that lack of fear of wanting to do something, but yet you don't know the outcome or what's going to be in the back end of it. But yeah, from a, from a being in Jamaica, like I've never heard of anything, racism, any racial slur, like nothing like that. Never heard of anything like that. Wow. Um, as someone who's only lived in the United States, the entirety of their lives hearing hearing that it just makes me just feel i just want to say i'm sorry for anything that you had to go through uh purely because of the color of your skin which is not something that should really yeah man there's there's no reason for it um like i i'm 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 lost for words obviously just because it's it's a question that i've actually really wanted to to ask you guys and, and yeah. to hear that it didn't happen until you came into the United States. Just, just to hear that it's again, yeah. I, I, I apologize for anything that you've had to go through and, and going forward, I'm hoping that um, people like you can, you know, be the role models using your platform to, to hopefully one day end racism. For sure, man. Thank you. All right, Junior. Well, I appreciate the time that you've given me. I'll let you guys get back to your bus ride out to OC. Uh, good luck tomorrow, and I will speak with you guys uh, next time I see you. Appreciate that, man. Thank you very much. Thanks, Junior. I'll see you. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Uprising Podcast. Phoenix Rising's next match is Thursday, July 16th, away to Group B opponent Orange County SC, the same pitch where Rising won the 2018 Western Conference Final. Phoenix currently sits in second place in Group B with six points, just one point behind group leader San Diego, but five points ahead of OC. However, San Diego has played three matches in 2020, while Phoenix has only played two, and Orange County will actually be making its debut since the league returned to play from the COVID-19 pandemic pause. Thursday's kickoff at OC is set for 6 p.m. AZ time and can be viewed on ESPN2, or you can catch the exclusive audio stream on ArizonaSports.com and the Arizona Sports app for iOS. 
For all things Phoenix Rising, be sure to head over to ArizonaSports.com and download the new Arizona Sports app. You can also follow me on Twitter at JWA1994. Until next time, chivadiamo, alobo, ciao.